Great to see you, Purpose Church. Today, we're continuing our five-part series leading up to our 150th anniversary celebration on October 16th. By the way, you do not need to RSVP to come on the 16th. But if you do RSVP, it just gives us a better idea of how many people are coming uh, for the In-N-Out truck. So we want to make sure we got enough In-N-Out burgers for everybody. So that's why we do an RSVP. But you don't need to RSVP to come. And if you're talking to people and they have an RSVP or last minute jump in, it doesn't matter. That's just to give us a general idea. This series is based on our church's five core values, and it is called We Are Purpose. Uh, value number one is, say it with me there, uh, as, you're, as you're watching, we are better together. Value number two, we studied found people, find people. Value number three is growing people change. And the title of today's message is Designer People, and it is based on value number four, Everyone is designed to serve. Would you say that with me out loud, wherever you are, everyone is designed to serve. Now let's see how some of our young adults did with this one. We're quizzing people on some of our core values here at the church. So finish this sentence. Everyone is. They are. Everyone is. Awesome. Called? I don't know. Hey Nick, finish this value. Everyone is. <laughs> I was in the middle of. <laughs> um, in love with Jesus. <laughs> Call to serve. Designed to serve. Everyone is. Designed to serve. What the? <laughs> Everyone is. Designed to serve. Designed to serve. Designed to serve. Designed to serve. Yes! You know it's your junior high pastor when you walk in the room and he's head first in some kind of barrel or whatever. Uh, that's Pastor Nick, our junior high and fifth, sixth ministry uh, pastor uh, here at our church. Uh, when you choose to follow Jesus, you receive a shape that shows you how you were designed to serve. Your shape goes like this. S, your spiritual gifts. H, your heart. A, your abilities. P, your personality. E, your experiences. And God puts all those together. There's only one like you in all the history of humanity and all the universe. There's just one. And he's given you an assignment and prepared you to do that with your shape. So let's start with spiritual gifts. Uh, Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So let's first of all look at what spiritual gifts are not. Spiritual gifts are not personality traits. They're not natural talents. And they're not the fruit of the Spirit. They're not a personality trait like um, being extroverted or introverted or low risk or high risk or people driven or task driven. Uh, it's not a natural talent. So it's not personality traits. It's not a natural talent. Now natural talents can be used to serve God in combination 
with a spiritual gift, but they are not spiritual gifts. Uh, Jim Churchman from our church sings in our choir, but he also has the talent of driving 18-wheeler long-haul trucks, and Jim actually competes nationwide in truck driving, and he's one of the top truck drivers, and, and they do all these tests on them and maneuverability and how well they back in and they measure things, and, and he's one of the top truck drivers in the United States today. His wife, Anna, uh, his wife has uh, financial accounting talents that she has used in our church uh, for years. Uh, here's another unusual talent, Arius George is the son of Gary and Donna George uh, from our church. And he's known in Los Angeles as the trick shot cop. The trick shot cop. And he has all these unbelievable uh, uh, shots that he can do, trick shots. And so he goes out to the neighborhoods in his uniform and he does these shots as a way to connect with the kids, uh, law enforcement, with the children of the universe. And he uses this... Uh, it's just crazy gift that he has in order to build bridges with other people. Now, it's also uh, the spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Eric Rees writes, the fruit of the Spirit reveal Christ's contribution to our character, while our spiritual gifts reveal the contribution we make to God's kingdom. So if that's what a spiritual gift is not, what is a spiritual gift? Back to Eric Rees once again. A spiritual gift is a God-given special ability given to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit to share his love and strengthen the body of Christ. So why does God give us spiritual gifts? Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Does everyone get a gift? Well, the answer is yes, we all get a gift. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7. Each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. So now what are the spiritual gifts. Uh, there are five passages in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts. Let's look at those five passages and let's, um, let's take out 20 spiritual gifts from these five passages. Romans 12, uh, 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Uh, and so each one of these is, is a gift that God has given to us. We move on to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits or discernment. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And then uh, moving on to verse 28. 
And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, or the gift of helps, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. And then Ephesians 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And finally, 1 Peter 4, verses 9 and 10. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So we come up with this list of 20 spiritual gifts that we find in Scripture. Now, as I go through a description of each one of these 20 gifts, I want you to either mentally, or if you have a piece of paper with you, uh, or if you have your study outline um, with you that you've copied off before this message, um, put a check next to it as we go through each one. Put a check next to it if you say that's definitely a possibility for me. I, I can identify with that. Put an X if it is definitely not you, and put a question mark, a question mark if it might be a spiritual gift that you have. Okay, uh, let, let's charge in. Uh, the first gift is administration, the ability to effectively organize resources and people in order to efficiently reach ministry goals. People with this gift naturally delegate tasks, making it possible to accomplish more for God's kingdom, and they understand what needs to be done for dreams to become a reality. So do you put a check next to you, that one? You say, yeah, that could be me. Do you put an X, definitely not me, or a, a question mark? Let's go to the next one. Uh, apostleship, the ability to launch new ministries and endeavors, most often churches. These are church planting uh, groups or teams. People with this gift welcome risky new challenges. The next is discernment, the ability to recognize truth or error within a message, a person, or an event. People with this gift find it easy to, quote, read others and identify people's true motives and agendas. So again, check, is that you? X, definitely not, or, or uh, a question mark. The next one is encouragement. The ability to inspire, encourage, counsel, and empower others. Those with this gift are natural encouragers, whether in words or uh, through actions. And then evangelism. The ability to share the love of Christ with others in a way that draws them to respond by accepting God's free gift of eternal life. Those with this gift look for ways to build relational bridges with non-believers. Now here's a very important part. Uh, just because we don't have a particular spiritual gifts does not mean that we don't do these things. Uh, we all need to have discernment. We all need to encourage others, and we all need to share our faith with each other, to be evangelists, to evangelism. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Found people, find people. So it's just that each of us will be especially gifted in certain areas more than others. We're all to do all these things, or most of these things, or many of these things. But we are, uh, called, we are especially gifted in certain ones of them. Here's another one, faith. The ability to step out in faith in order to see God's purposes accomplished. Trusting him to handle any and all obstacles along the way. 
People with this gift welcome risk for God, are energized by variables, and are challenged by ideas most see as impossible. Here's another one, giving. The ability to joyfully support and fund various kingdom initiatives through material and financial contributions beyond the tithe. Everybody's called to tithe, but those with the spiritual gift of giving are able to go beyond the tithe. Those with this spiritual gift strategically seek out ways to increase their resources in order to contribute more for God's use. Another one is healing. The ability to see healing and restoring to health through prayer. Those who are sick, hurting, and suffering. Those with this gift believe firmly that people can be supernaturally healed. Uh, The next gift is helping. The ability to offer others assistance in reaching goals that glorify God and strengthen the body of Christ. This aptitude is sometimes referred to as the gift of helps or service. Those with this gift enjoy and seek out ways to serve behind the scenes. You know, the head of our sound team, Jeremy Rinders, is uh, going to be with us on Sunday morning because the Rams and the Chargers are both playing out of town. And Jeremy and his team at our church have a natural talent with sound. Uh, Jeremy does the sound for SoFi Stadium. Uh, He did sound for the Super Bowl. And his team uh, that are at our church every Sunday are just the top sound people uh, for Disney. Disney even sent Jeremy uh, to China uh, for him to set up the sound for Shanghai Disneyland. So our sound team here at Purpose Church is literally one of the best in the world today. But in this broadcast right now, as as I'm sharing, we have a sound team, we have a media team uh, behind the scenes. And on Sunday, there's this sound team. And and, and when they are using their media and sound and technological abilities behind the scenes, they're actually using this talent in combination with the spiritual gift of helps in support of our worship and helping God's word to be proclaimed. And we so, so much appreciate them. The next spiritual gift is hospitality. The ability to provide others with a warm and welcoming environment for fellowship. People with this gift are known for making those around them feel valued and cared for and look for those individuals who may go unnoticed in a crowd. Uh, The next one is interpretation. The ability to understand at a specific time God's message when spoken by another using a special language unknown to others in attendance. Those with this gift are able to translate words and messages of God in a way that edifies, comforts, and exhorts believers. Now I'll say more about that uh, when we get to the gift of tongues. The next one is knowledge. Uh, The ability to communicate God's truth to others in a way that promotes justice, honesty, and understanding. People with this gift enjoy helping others increase their understanding of God's word. Uh, The next is leadership. The ability to cast visions, stimulating spiritual growth, applying strategies, and achieving success where God's purposes are concerned. Those with this gift are able to let go of responsibility and delegate it to others who are qualified. And then the gift of mercy. The ability to minister to those Uh, who suffer physically, emotionally, spiritually, or relationally. Their actions are characterized by love, care, compassion, and kindness toward others. People with this gift 
are most fulfilled when visiting people in need in hospitals, nursing homes, prisons, orphanages, mission trips, or wherever God directs them. Let me ask you a question. Do you put a check next to you? Does that, to this one, does that sound like you or an X? No, that doesn't sound like me or a question mark. It might be me. Uh, the next one is miracles. The ability to pray for supernatural acts that bring validity to God and his power. Those with this gift pray and look for supernatural results whenever they encounter impossible life situations. The next one is pastoring. The ability to take spiritual responsibility for a group of believers and equipping them to live Christ-centered lives. Shepherding is another word used for this particular gift. You could have this gift if you're good at developing personal trust-based relationships with a small number of people. Now, when you think pastoring, it's not just for those that have the, um, the office or the, or the role of pastor. These are our life group leaders. Uh, maybe not the teachers of that life group, but, but those that facilitate it, those that care for the people within it. You that are life group leaders, you've been given a, a flock. Uh, you, this is your shepherding gift, your pastoring gift, and you pastor or shepherd the life group, the, the part of God's overall flock. You, you are an under-shepherd. You, you are leading that particular group and pastoring or shepherding that life group that you lead. Uh, the next is prophecy. The ability to offer messages from God that comfort, encourage, guide, warn, or reveal sin in a way that leads to repentance and spiritual growth. You may have this gift if you love to share your strong biblical convictions with other people. And then there's teaching. The ability to teach sound doctrine in relevant ways, empowering God to gain a sound and mature spiritual education. Individuals with this gift enjoy making the Bible clear and understandable to others and seek out opportunities to speak biblical insight into daily situations. And now we come to the gift of tongues, the ability to communicate God's message in a special language unknown to the speaker. People with this gift intercede for others in prayer using unknown words, sounds, and utterances. They desire opportunities to pray using these unknown languages for God's glory. Now, uh, this is a complex issue, and it can be controversial. When I started uh, as a pastor at the age of 24, back in New York, um, Kimberly and I, uh, keeping our church unified on this particular issue, was our biggest leadership challenge. That was my biggest leadership challenge when I first started out in ministry in that particular church. Um, some Christians believe that this gift of tongues stopped when the apostles died and when the Bible was formed. When the Bible was completed, there was no need uh, for the gift of tongues. Now, other Christians believe that it is still relevant today. Now, at our church, it has just basically been a non-issue for my 29 years here. It was a big issue at my previous church. It has basically been a non-issue for our uh, church here. We apply uh, this guiding principle that we use on many issues uh, for our church at Purpose Church to this particular issue. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. And so in essentials, uh, the, the, the fact that uh, Jesus is fully God and, and fully human, 
that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. He rose from the grave. He's coming back someday. Those things that are clearly taught in Scripture, those, those are what we call the essentials. And on those at our church, we want to have a unity, the, the authority of God's Word and all things in our life. Uh, those kind of essentials, we need to have unity. But non-essentials doesn't mean that they're not important, but it means that sincere Christians can disagree agreeably on these issues and be part of the same church family. In non-essentials, now in those things, we have liberty. Do as you see fit, what, where your convictions lead you within our church. And the thing that makes it all work is in all things charity or in all things love. So this issue of tongues, uh, we consider a non-essential. So each person in our church is free to follow their own convictions. Um, some people in our church uh, don't believe in tongues for today. But others people within our church use a prayer language in their personal um, individual prayer times. Now we don't practice tongues and interpretation in our worship services, but if everyone in a, a small life group uh, shared uh, the same belief on this, then, then, then they might do so within that particular smaller uh, life group. The next spiritual gift is wisdom. The ability to make wise decisions and counseling others with sound advice, all in accordance with God's will. You might have this gift if you enjoy speaking biblical insights into life situations and take pleasure in counseling others. Now, there is a test on our website. If you go to our website, um, uh, purposechurch.com slash serving, uh, there's, a, there's a spiritual gifts test. And you can take it. It only takes about, like I don't know, 20 minutes or so. It doesn't take long at all. And you can, it can help you in discovering your gifts. You take what you've already done, uh, checks by some of them, uh, Xs by some of them, uh, question marks by some of them, what you know about yourself, what other people say they see within you in your life group. You can bounce this around. Uh, what, what do you see uh, from this particular spiritual gifts in my life? Um, but this test can be very, very helpful. I took it uh, myself recently. And my top five were number one, wisdom, number two, encouragement, number three, teaching, number four, leadership, and number five, administration. And I would love for you to take it and tell me what yours are. I would love for you to come up to me after church and just tell me what your spiritual gifts are. I would really enjoy learning that about um, our church family and about you. I would really like that. Now, in our acronym, SHAPE, uh, we've done spiritual gifts. Now we talk about heart. You combine spiritual gifts with heart, the special passions that God has given you so that you can glorify him here on earth. Uh, questions like, who do you love to serve? What age groups do you love to serve? What, what uh, kinds of people do you most enjoy serving? Where's your passion? Is it for high schoolers? Is it for students? Is it for older ad adults? Um, is it uh, for those who are single, those who are married? Um, who do you most love to serve? Uh, what are the needs that you love to meet in another's life? What are your passions? Are there certain causes that stir your heart? Uh, maybe the, your, your cause is the sanctity of life or abuse um, divorce recovery, uh, drug abuse, uh, and uh, recovery from that. Um, the environment, homelessness, law and the justice system, 
policy and politics. Maybe your cause is poverty and hunger. Maybe your passion is about uh, fighting, uh, dealing, helping people with human trafficking. They're involved in human trafficking. Uh, There's so many passions that you can have. What does your heart tell you that you're passionate about in combination with your spiritual gift? Let's watch this together. I was born into a family of alcoholism right from the gate, and everybody in my extended family drank. It was just normal. At the age of 12, um, I started drinking, taking drugs, and smoking cigarettes. At the age of 18, I moved in with uh, my then boyfriend, and we sold drugs and did drugs and uh, lived that way for seven, eight years until about 1998 on New Year's Eve. I just couldn't do the fighting and the chaos and the drama and the drugs anymore. And so I decided I was gonna find inner peace no matter what it took. And in 1999, I put down the the drugs and alcohol and cigarettes for good. Uh, Around that same time, my son was in middle school and one of the teachers at his public school was taking at-risk children to church. And I had been raised a Catholic, and I knew who God was, but I didn't understand a relationship with Jesus. So for about six months, I sat in the very back of a youth group, and I heard about this Jesus that I had never heard before. When the doors of the church were open, I was there. I was so hungry for the Word and for this Jesus that was going to forgive me for all the things I had done. So here I am, this tattooed, drug addict, divorced woman, getting to serve God in all sorts of ministries. Through it all, my story has shown me that anyone can serve, that God can use anybody's story and turn it for His glory. Now with our shape, we go from spiritual gifts to heart, uh, now to abilities. Uh, the set of talents that God gave you when you were born, which he also wants you to use to make an impact for him. And he asked the question, uh, what are your top uh, abilities? What are your natural abilities? So S, spiritual gifts, H, heart, uh, A, abilities, and then P is personality. Uh, Personality, the special way that God wired you to navigate life and fulfill your unique kingdom purpose. Um, here, here's some personality things you can, you can, uh, all, the, there are other ones on our website with the, uh, purposechurch.com slash serving as well. Uh, I tend to relate to others by either, either outgoing or I'm more reserved. Uh, number two, I tend to relate to others by being self-expressive or self-controlled. Uh, number three, I tend to relate to others by being cooperative or competitive. Uh, Number four, I tend to respond to opportunities that are high risk or low risk. Uh, Number five, I tend to respond to opportunities that are people-driven or project-driven. Number six, I tend to respond to opportunities that that I follow in or that I lead in. Uh, Number seven, I tend to respond to opportunities that are team or solo. 
And then number eight, I tend to respond to opportunities that are routine or variety. And so you, you combine your personality with your natural abilities, with your heart, your passion, and your spiritual gifts. And finally, E, uh, in the SHAPE uh, acronym, you come to experiences. Those parts of your past, both positive and painful, which God intends to use in great ways. Uh, what areas in your life has God helped you through and could be used to help others? Uh, let me just, um, I'm just gonna read this to make sure that I get it right. Uh, this is from um, our serve team that helps people figure out where they can best serve and find the most fulfillment in serving. We wanna do everything we can to help you find a place to serve, whether it's inside the church or outside of the church. And the head of this is uh, Pastor Tamiko Chacon, but also Donna Basta uh, heads up our serve coaches that would just love to encourage you and help you in any way that they can. Let me just read you uh, what they said for me to share. At Purpose Church, we believe that what you do with your life matters to God. You were created for a purpose. God has uniquely shaped you to serve him and his church. Maybe you want to serve but don't know where you best fit in, where to start, or how God can use you. Here at Purpose Church, we have a ministry called Designed to Serve to help you discover how God uniquely designed you to serve and explore opportunities to use your gifts and abilities to serve him. Designed to Serve is for you, whether you've never served or have been serving for a long time but are interested in new opportunities. We are offering a brand new serve experience in November, on Sunday, November 6th, or Wednesday, November 9th. At this one-hour session, you will meet other people, discover your unique shape, and interact with a serve coach. Please go to purposechurch.com slash serving to complete the short interest form. Uh, and, and, and I would really encourage you to do this. There's, there's nothing more wonderful than discovering your shape, how God has designed you to serve. And, and you know, there's regret if we don't do this. When we get to heaven, I think we'll regret uh, that we never took this step. Um, you know, I always like to say there's lowercase lower regret, and then there's all caps regret. There's some little regrets we have in life, and then there are other bigger regrets. Let me tell you about my little regrets, uh, one of them that I had. When I was 15 years old, my five heroes were Billy Graham. Yes, I was a geek. I was a, I was a Jesus freak. Uh, my second hero was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, who eventually became center uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, my third hero was Bart Starr, the quarterback, uh, when I was 15 for the Green Bay Packers. My fourth hero was Lou Brock, who was the left fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals back when I was 15. And my fifth hero was Bob Gibson, who was a pitcher uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, in 1971, that summer, my parents and I were driving back from visiting my grandparents in, in Michigan, driving back to where we lived in Virginia. And as we get near Pittsburgh, we realize that the Cardinals are playing the Pirates in Pittsburgh, and Bob Gibson is pitching. So we said, oh, my dad said, let's go and catch that game. But as we got closer and turned on the radio, we realized that we had gone from central time to eastern time. We'd miscalculated that, 
hadn't accounted for it. And so rather than getting there right when the game began, we get there like the third inning. Now, I wasn't from California yet, and so I didn't realize that you come to a game in the third inning and you leave at the seventh inning <laughs> to avoid traffic. Hadn't learned that yet. And so we said, you know what? It's the third inning. Let's just kind of blow it off. So we decided not to do it. That night in Pittsburgh, Bob Gibson pitched the only no-hitter of his career. Now, fast forward to today. My favorite St. Louis Cardinal today is Albert Pujols. And a week ago, Friday night, I was thinking about, ah, oh, should, I, should I take the family uh, to Dodger Stadium to see Albert Pujols and see the Cardinals play? And he was pursuing 700 home runs, but he was a few off of it at that particular time. And I thought, you know, it's just a lot of money. I don't want to spend the money, and um, I'm pretty busy. I can get some Kimberly's out of town in, up in Seattle to see the grandchildren, so I can get some work done in my office. So, ah, let's not do it. Well, wouldn't you know, a week ago Friday night, in the third inning, Albert Pujols hit home run um, number 699, and then in the fourth inning, Albert Pujols, at a game that I could have been at, that the family could have been at, hits home run number 700. So now I've missed Bob Gibson pitching a no-hitter, and I've missed Albert Pujols hitting his uh, 700th home run uh, for the Cardinals uh, at, at Dodger Stadium, and we could have been there. Okay, that, that is a little lowercase regret. No big deal. But I'm telling you, an all caps regret, a big regret, would be to never realize that you were designed to serve. Never discover the shape that God planted within you. Never finding a place to serve. Now that, when we get to heaven, would be a major regret. Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Let's close with this. I think about all the things that have impacted my life and um, for me it was my teenage years. My teenage years were probably one of the most difficult and hardest times I have ever experienced. I think about substance use, I think about um, being promiscuous, being sexually active. There was many things that my family had did to try to help me through those times and one of the most important things was bringing me to church and bringing me to Purpose Church. I came into this community that I had never seen before. I had never experienced people like this. I had never seen a community of believers. I didn't even know if I believed myself. I had a son while I was in high school and it was crazy to see that high school ministry kind of stuck by me and they were with me during that time. We moved and I enlisted in the military and that brought a world of trouble and world of hurts and habits and hang-ups that came along with it and Purpose Church was still praying for me, they were still sending me letters, they were still you know asking for me and my wife actually started getting, she got replugged in into the church because she moved out here. Um, during my deployment. Being outside of community and being outside of the church just, um, it didn't feel the same. I wasn't able to sustain it on my own. 
We started going to Purpose Church and I knew immediately during that time that, you know, God's equipped me, God's given me so many experiences and he's blessed me abundantly that it was my time to serve. I started serving at the landing, I started serving at HSM, my son started going to HSM and it just felt like full circle that we came back because I was able to see that my son was now attending the same youth group that my wife and I both attended. To me it was one of the most amazing gifts that I could have ever got. If my stories taught me anything and just the grace and what God's been able to do in my life is that everyone is designed to serve. 